Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America. They're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. Yet, even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our Constitution still left you with the freedom of choice in religion. You know, Cliff, over the years we've talked about the American Constitutionalist and that we want to bring you truth and common sense and a provocation to intellectualized thought. We want you to think. Now, I've got something I want you to think about tonight. Are you a globalist? You hear about globalization. Are you a globalist? Well, I say it depends. You know, years ago, it, it might have been 20, 25 years ago, as you get older, time flies. And to me, it always seems like New Year's when you're saying, okay, here comes another year. And then it's 4th of July and you go, what happened to the first half of the year? And then it's New Year's again. So I kind of live by that as time flies by. But I was on an American Airlines flight, and this was the first time I heard this statement. American Airlines, member of the One World Alliance. And I know that probably freaked a lot of Christians out, because if you read Revelation, you believe that in the end times, especially as you get to the last few chapters of 19, 20, 21, 22 of Revelation, there is a One World Alliance. And so that kind of may have blown some people out of the water, but I thought it was unique them saying that, the One World Alliance. So what is that? What is the globalization we hear about today? Now, I went on the internet, and you can't believe everything you hear on the internet, but I pieced together a lot of things that it says, and I want to share them with you. Globalization is a term used to describe how trade and technology have made the world into a more connected and interdependent place. It is mainly driven by big banks and large corporations. Globalization also captures in its scope the economic and social changes that have come about as a result. Culturally, it promotes the increase in the exchange of values and ideas. Globalization brings reorganization at the international, national, subnational levels. It affects the workforce, communities, government, and you, the citizen. It generates even greater inequality, increased corruption, and reduces sovereignty. We're seeing that in America today. It generates increased poverty, insecurity, fragmentation of society, thereby violating human rights and the dignity of people across the globe. It can lead to the decline in power of national governments to influence their economics and their own political structures, forcing governments to adopt global institutions. It causes family disruption and social and domestic violence are increasing. The threats from globalization include energy, insecurity, military conflicts, and environmental destruction. Does some of that sound familiar on what's going on in the world today? People opposing globalization believe that the international agreements and global financial institutions, such as the International Monetary Fund, which you know is the IMF, the World Trade Organization, and the WHO, the World Health Organization, undermine local decision-making and freedom. I ask you, what is the end game for globalization? A one-world 
global government where all countries would be globalized into a federation of nations using a universal currency, artificial intelligence, digital money. Where's it going to go? Remember what I've always told you. If you look at the root of everything, it always comes back to money, power, and control. Think about the things I've said and what's going on. And unfortunately, in the United States, the political party on the left has prostituted themselves for votes so that they can keep that money, power, and control. But who really, in the current times we live in, gains from globalization? China. Who are the leaders in this globalization? Well, we know the World Economic Forum, which is uniquely funded by its own leaders, met in Davos, Switzerland in January of 2023 to talk about world economics. There's 2,700 leaders there from 130 countries, including 52 heads of state and government, a thousand corporations involved. Who are the people? Bjorn Brent is the president. Who's the founder? You've heard us talk about him before. Klaus Schwab. Prince Charles has been there. Bill Gates, John Kerry, Avril Haynes, who is the U.S. Director of National Intelligence, Martin Walsh, U.S. Secretary of Labor, big names from J.P. Morgan like Jamie DeMond and Goldman Sachs, David Solomon and Morgan Stanley, James Gorman and George Soros. Does that name sound familiar? I find it unique, Cliff, that Elon Musk has never attended any of their meetings. But remember, even when they meet and what they do, what does it come down to? Money, power, and control. I believe the real threat from globalization is socialism, communism, and what the Marxists would love. The radical, narcissistic, euphoric left wing in this country think that it would be great too. They have no idea what it will bring. Not freedom as we know it not the equality with equal outcomes as they desire. I challenge them to think about this. And I want you to think about this. If we were to become global, then what global system would we assimilate to? Think hard on this. Do we assimilate to Russia, China, North Korea, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Pakistan? Who? Think of those countries. And then think of the radical left and what they stand for. Now, remember, most of them are pushing for this socialized communism, Marxism, globalism. Would globalism to the standards of those countries match up to America and our freedom? Our freedom of speech, freedom of worship, the right to carry arms. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What about other stuff like this? LBGTQ? transgenderism? How would globalism affect that if we were assimilate in anything but America and the freedom we have here? Do you really want to go down that path? How are those things in those countries right now? You know, I don't even think that the elite globalists realize where it'll take us. They actually believe they know what is good for all of us as long as it fits their quest for money, power, and control. George Soros, try and figure this guy out. Even George Soros, who's trying to destroy America, 
He thinks he's really doing good. Why does this Jew born in Budapest, Hungary, who survived the Nazi occupation of Hungary, lived in the United Kingdom, hate America and Israel so bad? He's undermined our political system. He's placed money into the coffers of politically uh, corrupt judges running and attorney generals, and we see it across the United States. I don't think he knows who and what's driving him. And I talked about that before. Most of these people don't know. They are atheistic. And a lot of people think atheistic is Satan worshipers and they're evil, wicked people. No, they just don't believe in deity. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in absolute authority. And they are destroying America piece by piece in our freedom, piece by piece. And Christians are the next in line. Why? Remember what I said? They're atheistic. Because the radical left hate truth. And in their atheistic mindset, they must destroy God to finally destroy our God-given and alienable rights. They're destroying our families. They're destroying our courts. They're destroying our education. They will demonize, demoralize, dehumanize, and destroy anything in their way, even Christians. Are you in that list? They will come after conservatives, political opponents, Christians, and you. I want you to think about this too. What religion or religious person or persons in America have you ever seen that really champion America and our freedom? Is it Islam? Is it Judaism? Is it Buddhism? Is it Hinduism? Who is the greatest force out there of conservatives that stand for our constitution, that stand for America, that stand for freedom? It's constitutional conservative Christians. It's a small world. And I think we need to have globalized independence. But they are seeking equality and equal outcomes. And that will never happen. Because besides Adam and Eve at the very beginning in the garden, never has anything been equal. It won't happen. But we can do the best we can. But if we submit to globalization and the pressure they're putting on our corporations and on our country, on our government and on our freedoms, America is in great danger. Cliff, I wanted to open with that because it's really been on my heart for the last few weeks and people not really realizing what globalization is and they're crying for it and they don't know what it'll do to their lives in the freedom of America, no matter what side of the aisle you stand on. You know, um, this kind of uh, uh, globalism kind of reminds me of what happened when um, West Germany and East Germany were reunited uh, as one country. So uh, it took a long time for, I mean, they've been separate uh, entities for uh, quite some time since World War II was over. Um, and then they got back together as one country in the early 90s. And it benefited East Germany because it raised their economy, but it brought down West Germany uh, because it, it was a detriment to their economy. So combining those two things 
you know, it, while there were some positive stuff out of it, there were negatives uh, out of it as well. And it took the, the country of Germany a number of years to kind of recover from that reunification. Um, and, and another thing to point out is that, you know, we've talked repetitively about um, the fact that the federal government in the United States is not as responsive as state governments are. Uh, and because state governments are closer to the people than the federal government is. Well, when you go to world organizations, they're going to be even less responsive than the federal government would be uh, exactly. to, the, to the average individual. So anytime you allow government uh, or control, at least, not necessarily government all the time, but just allowing control to occur at a larger and larger stage, um, you're going to have less freedom. I mean, it's just a... Uh, the natural progression of things, because at the world level, suddenly they have to be more efficient. They have to. So so what's going to happen is that, you know, what you or I think is going to have less and less importance uh, on the world stage than it would on the on the U.S. stage or on the our individual state stages. So, you know, it's uh, you got to figure that globalism is going to cause us to have less and less freedom, less and less control outside of the United States. And think about this too. The globalism that is being talked of is not a democracy. No. It's it's no. going to be top down. It has to be top down. Um, they don't have the ability to make it a democracy where you uh, vote on everything. Uh, and even if they could, no one's no one's even suggesting that as a possibility. No one's suggesting. I mean, if you go to the, um, you know, to Klaus Schwab's uh, organization, uh, they're not talking about, oh, we're going to have these worldwide elections to put people in place. That's not exactly what they're proposing. What they're proposing basically is that there's going to be an elite group of people that manage the world. Um, you know, and I think that's been tried before uh, yeah. on a number of occasions, and I don't think it's been ever very successful. Uh, but, no. you know, some people just don't learn from history. So uh, it it's, uh, you know, if you want to give up your freedoms, go globalist. I don't really think they know where the train takes them in the end. It's all euphoric. It's narcissistic. It's idealistic. And it won't play out the way they think it'll play out. Well, I think you're talking about the maybe the large portion of like the American public may think that um, obviously the people that are actually pushing this stuff uh, on a daily basis, they know exactly how it's going to turn out with them on top. That's how it's going to turn out. Um, right. It'll be so a journey the, in a dictatorship, but right. they probably haven't read the book of Revelation. So <laughs> I promise you, they don't know where it is taking them. It is yeah, total it's destruction. Not, it's not to a good place, that's for sure. Um, no, and I don't let's, think let's, that, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's look at, at something a, a friend had sent. He's reading a book uh, on how Venezuela went from a very wealthy country to one of the poorest. And, and here's the steps it went through. And I asked him the name of the book. He hasn't got back to me because I'd like to look at it. But in 1992, it became the third richest country in the hemisphere. In 1997, it became the second largest purchaser of the F-150. In 2001, they voted for a socialistic president 
because of income inequality. In 2004, private health care is completely socialized. Now think about America and the road we're going down. 2007, all higher education becomes free, paid for by the government. Not that they would mandate on what they have to teach. No, that would never happen. 2009, socialist banned private ownership of guns. 2012, Bernie Sanders praises their American dream. 2014, opposition leaders are imprisoned. And he marked here that this is where we are at the cusp. You look at the weaponized state and the FBI, the courts, the DOJ, all those organizations, you begin to wonder, hmm, that's why the next election is really important. 2016, food and health care shortages become widespread. 2017, Constitution and the elections are suspended. 2019, unarmed citizens are massacred by their own government. And it only took one generation of progressive leadership to plunge this country into civil war. Yeah, it, it doesn't turn out well, um, and the story's always the same, no matter uh, how you look at it. If you, uh, you know, attempt to, you know, go that socialist route, you're gonna, the outcome is not going to be good. It just, it, it never has been. So, And that's what um, I hate, Cliff, about the uninformed people and voters in America, even the, the conservative ones. They don't pay attention and see what's going on, and I'm sure that happened in Venezuela, too. And by the time they figure it out, it's too late. And America is the last place for freedom on this planet. And if we lose it, it's lost forever. I want to read some other um, portions for you on this podcast before we begin to wrap it up. And I've mentioned Thomas so well before. I love reading his works, but man, it's difficult reads because this guy is just so smart. And when he puts it down on paper, you really got to think about what he's writing and what he's saying. But this is out of his book called Wealth, Poverty, and Politics. Listen to this. Marxism, a theory, belief system, and agenda based on the assumption that the poor are poor because of the rich exploiting them. Yet none of the communist countries established around the world ever achieved a standard of living for ordinary people equal to that in a number of capitalist economics. Think about that in communist countries. How many people have they made wealthy? But no society has inexhaustible patience with unending turmoil. Folks, we're in turmoil here in the United States. If history is any guide, it is only a matter of time before patience is exhausted and severe repressive measures are imposed to the ultimate detriment of whole society. Again, if history is any guide, no amount of progress toward an unreachable goal can satisfy freely promoted aspirations seen as sacred, so that all remaining unfulfilled hopes are seen as intolerable impositions of injustice. The communist movements which led to such governments included people dedicated to equality, to ending exploitation, and to other humane goals and the willingness of many to also sacrifice their own integrity and the truth in order to forward the cause was the key factor in the political success of ruthless communist leaders in imposing horrors with impunity. The communist movement was the largest and most thoroughly documented example of a movement's implicable pursuit of unachievable ideas, 
and the demising of all who got in their way, while lionizing ruthless leaders with unbridled powers, including the power to make a mockery of the ideals of the movement itself and exterminate any of its members they chose. Equality of outcomes is a fact in the real world is not what poses a danger. It is the perpetually frustrated attempts to achieve this unachievable goal, which produce such poisonous byproducts as unprovoked lashing out at people who have more. What is truly reprehensible are attempts to pull down those who have achieved more instead of facilitating the rise of those less fortunate who seek to rise through their own achievements. The idea that those who have less can be presumed to be victims of those who have more is an idea whose consequences have worldwide history written in the blood of millions. Ideas have consequences even when they have no validity. I think what soul says is true, Cliff, and you preached about it many times on this podcast about equality. And I talked about the people who are pushing for equality also want equal outcomes and it'll never happen. And folks, we strive for people to have the opportunity to achieve, to be successful, to have dignity, integrity, and character. But the political left is demonizing them and suppressing them and using them and putting them into bondage and they become slaves to the federal government. Cliff, the next elections are important for us to change America, to change the path we're heading down. Think about the things I've said, globalization, where these leaders are participating and where they're trying to take us, what they're trying to push down your throat in the United States of America. You better wake up. You better get involved. You better vote. And most important of all, you better get on your knees and pray to an almighty God that he will intervene and rise up righteous and just men and women to fill leadership positions in this country, to turn this country back on the right path. So I hope tonight that I've made some sense to you and you will really think about what I'm saying. Whether you agree with us or you disagree with us, you better really do some heart and soul searching on what's going on in this nation and where it's headed and where your life is headed. But you know what? For me and Christians, the good news is that even if we fail, God will prevail. His light will never be extinguished. In fact, it glows brighter in adversity. Will it take another 9-11 type event to put us on our knees to get us before God again to turn this country around? And then, even then, depending on the scope of it, it may be too late. We can choose how we want to reveal the light of God in this nation. Do you want it in freedom? Or do you want it in bondage and adversity? We need your help. Please share this podcast with as many Americans as you can. Share the link. Ask them to do the same. Please write a review on the podcast. Support us so that we can join arms together. And I mean arm in arm, not going out for those who don't understand with guns and fighting. To become 20th century American patriotic Minutemen and women who champion the Constitution and freedom to stand up for America, to swim against the tide, and to try to do the things that need to be done, those hard things to put America back on the right path. 
But most of all, please join us in praying for America, that God will change the heart of those who are in leadership now, that God will rise up those who need to be in leadership, that God will bless our elections to come, that this nation will return to the precepts and principles found in the Bible as the foundation for the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution, that we will remain a free nation, a Judeo-Christian nation. And may God bless America from sea to shining sea. We need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.